Hey, I'm Nick. And I'm Allie. And this is But Have You Tried from the David A. Howe Public Library. And it's a special day, Allie, because it's our Halloween episode. Are you feeling suitably spooked? I am feeling suitably spooked. Okay, well, that's good. Because it's Halloween, we have to bring in a heavy hitter, and that's Sally Jacoby Murphy, who is the director of the Fred and Harriet Taylor Memorial Library. But for our purposes, it's more important to note that she is the queen of Halloween. Sally, welcome to But Have You Tried? Thank you. Thank you for having me today. You are our official first guest on this iteration of the podcast. Am I really? You are. It's just been Allie I did not and me. realize that. Tossing things back and forth to each other. There was soup eating. There was ukulele playing. This there was true. Jane Austen. There was Elvis. A lot of with a lot of growth. I think has happened <laughs> in in these few episodes. So, uh, Allie is um, not a, a spooky movie person. Would you say that, Allie? Yes, that's that's definitely true. Is it because of cowardice? Probably. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, so you just just lay it all out for us here. You you don't like the idea of being spooked. You don't like you don't like it lingering. It's like what is it about it that you just well, stay away from? There's from horror? there's a couple things. Okay, one thing is I'm just I'm very easily grossed out. Oh, which is probably the biggest part to be honest. And a lot of movies that are scary or spooky also include like gore or like unsettling mm-hmm. unsettling things with True. like body horror or yes. anything like that that i just am like nope that's that's a solid we're just gonna not not do any of that yeah so that's probably the biggest thing okay and so i think because of that even if i know something is spooky i'm like well is it also just gonna like freak me out yeah. for other reasons i'm not sure my trust levels are low okay <laughs> I've said many a times that I don't want one that's going to like stick with me. Yeah, you know that's I mean? also I don't definitely want one part of like, it. I don't want to be. There's some movies that I've watched that even now, like years later, I think of moments from it. And I'm like, get out of my head. So I don't <laughs> I don't like that kind of thing. But agreed. Sally is just a, a living, breathing encyclopedia of horror movies. Really? Wouldn't you say, Sally? I mean, shucks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I do love the horror, all kinds, honestly. And I feel like in recent years, I have gotten slightly further away from the gore. But honestly, gore is my favorite. I love a good slasher. So if you send eight teenagers into the woods and they're picked off one by one, that's my jam. That's what you want. Um, Okay. Which Allie would absolutely hate. We should say in movie form, not... Not as late in movie form, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, Sally, your wife was sort of reluctantly brought along on this journey, right? Tara was not a horror fan pre the Sally years, correct? That is true. She, okay. I mean, I feel like less reluctant and more just like a product of an upbringing that did not encourage oh. horror. And so she was willing. I mean, I think Ellie and I are products of those upbringings too, right? Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> not a lot of horror in the Stevic household, right? Correct. Okay. Not a big, not a big yeah, horror household. No. I remember my mom saw the shining at the drive-in. Like she went with her friends and saw the shining and she, it really, <laughs> really left an impact on her. And like, she would always be like, you should never watch the shining. It's the worst. I it's ho- don't ever watch it. And I have since watched it. And I actually don't think it's that bad. But uh, yeah, so that was kind of where, where I was coming from, too. It was like horror was just like, you don't even want to go down that road. Yep. Yeah, it's yeah. funny, actually. From what I understand, when my mom was like in college, you know, her wild years. Oh, sure, about, sure, sure. <laughs> she watched like some horror movies with her friends. And I remember her telling me at some point when I was a kid, like, just don't watch horror movies because like basically they will stay with you and you'll be miserable because mm. of it. 
which mm. a, a lot of my experience watching scarier movies when I was a kid, which doesn't really mean scary movies. It means movies that I found scary as a kid, just to clarify. I like I definitely found that true that like later I would like have nightmares about it or I would I would think about it and be unhappy. And so I was like, I definitely took my mom at her word. And I was like, yeah, this is not a thing I want to do. Fair enough. The thing, I think Sally and I have this conversation like off mic every single year, but like I've always want to find a horror movie that like is the perfect level for me. Like I usually like a, a ghost story. Like I think that's my go-to. If I, That's usually when I'm trying to find something, I'm like not too scary haunted house movies, you know, like that's, that's what I want. And that's why The Others is one that always like kind of rises up for me because I think it is really just the perfect blend. That and of course what lies beneath Harrison Ford, Michelle Pfeiffer. It's uh both good. Yeah, that's a both great one. classics, honestly. That's yeah. a great one. So I'm always asking Sally for suggestions on these things. And I think we have such a different barometer of what is <laughs> disturbing <laughs> and what isn't. <laughs> it's true. It well, and I remember you out. you had to cut like one time I was giving you some suggestions and you were like i just have to tell you that if there's a child in it i i really can't do it if there's any any fear for this child and i was like that's a good i am a big proponent as much as i love horror of knowing your boundaries and your limits and so i would never want anybody to watch anything that crosses those boundaries and so i was like this is good because there are a lot of haunted haunting movies where the kids are maybe in precarious situations Mm -hmm. that you don't Mm -hmm. want them to be in Mm -hmm. so yeah. I'm always looking for a good Nick horror. <laughs> I think the, the worst horror-related mistake I ever made was uh, Eric Mickles and I, who Eric just bombed our Discord before we started recording. <laughs> but, so you missed him, everybody, but he was here. Uh, he, I know. He's, a, he's incorrigible. Uh, we've read a you know Stephen King book together every year for many, many years. And one year we read Pet Cemetery, And uh, we actually we did it for a book club here at the library as well. We read Pet Cemetery, and he was pretty fine with it. But the kid in Pet Cemetery was like the age of my son, and oh. I was just like, I this I can't. I had to like, I had to start reading it at like ten in the morning or something because if it was like caffeine, if I read it after like six o'clock, forget it. I could not get it out of my mind. That's legit. It's a very good book. Like it's interesting and it's compelling, but yeah. it was disturbing. I think particularly because of you know my real life like parallels. Not that I frequent a pet cemetery, but you know. I am a father of a son that age. <laughs> father of a son and one who frequents pet cemetery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can't do like animal torture at all, which oh, I think is no. not not uncommon, but I was watching a slasher movie recently called They Them and a dog is hurt mm. in this mm-hmm. movie. You've said and I turned it off and I was like mad. I wanted to like call them and be yeah. like, I you did not like I there are websites where you can like Google like does the dog survive? And I've just like, I've gotten to the point where I'm like, I got to remember that I have to do yeah. that like, before I watch a horror movie, because usually most directors are cognizant that that's just like a big no, no, like you yeah. don't hurt the pet. Yeah. Yeah. But every once in a while you get a stupid yeah. director. That's like, no, I'm going to push the boundaries. Push those boundaries. I don't want to see yeah. that. I don't want to know. <laughs> My favorite bit of movie marketing in the last 10 years or so. Do you remember that? I don't even know what it's called. The Mountain Between Us, maybe. It was Idris Elba oh. and Kate Winslet. And they're like, they, they plane crash and they're trapped on I this. did see that movie, actually. Okay. And, and it, it traumatized yeah. me. This was like months <laughs> before I went on my first plane ride ever, yeah. which I knew was coming up. There you go. And one of my friends convinced me we should watch this movie. And I 
was very angry afterwards. That's a bad idea. That's a bad idea. But it's them and a dog. And the trailers for the movie were like, the dog lives. The dog survives. (laughs) Because in the trailer, and I was like, this is brilliant. Because like... I don't think yeah. I would have watched that movie because like obviously yep. that dog was gonna get eaten by a whatever mountain lion or something, but no, the dog survived. And I don't even remember the dog. Yeah, they had a dog. It was always running around. I think I was just too traumatized, too traumatized by the plane situation. Of the plane. Sure, sure. It was an interesting movie, but traumatizing. Yeah. Okay. Um, Allie, have you done any other Halloween sort of watching outside of the others, or is the others it? Um, not much watching. I read a uh Sabrina the Teenage Witch graphic oh, novel. Oh. Which I think yesterday morning I was like, Oh yeah, I started this. Well I finished it yesterday. Yeah. yeah. It was it was binge worthy. <laughs> yes. Uh, Sally and I just recorded an episode of How's Things, a special Halloween now nine, everybody, nine. And I was telling her that I just read uh, the sequel to that, Sabrina Something Wicked, which not as strong as the first one, but still definitely worth picking up if you're a fan of that that original. Where did you read it, I have to ask? I read it on Hoopla, which I have okay. a temporary access to Hoopla because we're hoping to get it for the library. Okay. And that's where I read it. Well, I looked in the system to see if I could put a hold on it because, again, I yeah, finished the first one last it. night and no one has it. Okay. So I'm ordering it for the collection. That's See, that's real power right there. You can Honestly. Just, you can just make it happen. Um, Sally and I talked all extensively about all the things we've been watching uh, that's Halloween related, but we avoided talking about the others because... That is our topic for the day. One of my favorite uh, Halloween spooky movies, uh, and I thought that it was the perfect uh, dip your toe in the spooky world for Allie. So, Allie, hit me with some facts. Tell me a little okay. bit about The Others. I've got some facts for you okay. that I have prepared. Okay. All right, so The Others was released in 2001. It stars Nicole Kidman, who, you know what I realized as I was watching this movie? Tell me. She, like, has a certain similarity to Meg Ryan, who I love. Like, hmm. like her facial expressions maybe it is yeah. there were just like a couple moments where i was like huh this is giving me meg ryan flashbacks not an obvious comparison but i see what you mean there's some nuance in there i see it i mean okay. they're both like you know 90s tv starlets i feel yeah. like true they have a similar vibe that vibe i am excited for this new meg ryan david duchovny movie because meg ryan hasn't been in a movie in a long time and she's great come That's back true. come back to us meg Anything with Meg. Yes. Yep. Okay. All right. It was written, directed, and scored by Alejandro Amenabar, which is like, that's so many things. Wow. I know. I was really impressed when I read that. Yeah. That's insane. That is insane. Um, It was nominated for 15 Goya Awards, which is like the Spanish National Movie Awards, I guess. Yeah. And won eight of them. It was the first English language film to ever receive the Best Film Award at the Goyas, which I thought was a cool fact. Yeah. Um, it was also nominated for several Saturn and Golden Globe Awards. This follows the character of Grace living on the island of Jersey and English Channel Island. I did like that. I, I thought that was vibe. cool. I liked the atmosphere. Well, also the whole movie, I was like, where is this supposed to be set? Because mm. I didn't know it was supposed to be on a Channel Island. Yeah. And she keeps talking about like the Nazi occupation. And I was like, what is going on? Like, where is this? <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? Um, she's living on her own in a dark house with her two photosensitive children. And they're joined by three mysterious servants. Yes. I also found um, an interesting article from The Guardian, The Others at 20 by Scott Tobias, where he says it's a reaction to two films from 1999, The Sixth Sense and The Haunting. Mm. And it also pulls from The Innocence, an adaptation of Henry James' novel, Turn of the Screw. Okay. Have either of you seen any of those? I've definitely seen I definitely Sixth have not. Sense. Is The Haunting the one with, not the one with Catherine Zeta-Jones, right? <laughs> that's... Um, well, it's... that's the remake. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The Haunting, the original is like, a, I want to say like 58. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the original was pretty old. 
Yeah, and that's what um, The Haunting of Hill House is based on. Yeah. Which okay. is based on. Remember when we book. read that book, Sally? Yeah. <laughs> Sally and I read The Haunting of Hill House for a Halloween episode of House Things, and we had to completely re record it because the file was corrupted and lost. Oh, no. So we had to do the whole thing again. Uh, but actually, <laughs> I thought the re- redo version of that was better. So maybe, maybe it was The Ghosts of Halloween. It was David S. Pumpkins himself coming down <laughs> and giving us a better episode. Sally, when did you first see this movie? others yeah i probably saw it hmm, it came out in what like 2001 i probably saw it in the early 2000s at some okay. point like maybe 2005 yeah i'm pretty yeah, i would have sure, been in like high school i think i'm pretty sure that my wife introduced me to this one i think this was one that she'd liked and watched mm-hmm. i do remember seeing the trailers because i remember the bit with the the old lady and the little girl like being in the trailers and that just being like, I can't, I can't handle this. That was kind of freaky. Uh, it's too much. It's too much. Um, so I watched it that first time and I really liked it. I feel like we got to get out there right now. A disclaimer that like, we can't discuss it without really discussing it, which the best part about this movie, I think the best way to do it is to go into it like completely blind. So if you haven't seen the others, I really think you should pause the pause episode, the, <laughs> pause the recording, go watch it and come back because we will talk about, all the things that that bring it together. And I that, feel like my strongest feelings are about the ending. So oh yeah, we, we have to talk so, about. So so we're gonna so we're gonna hit it in there. The actor who plays her husband, uh, Chris Eccleston, was the Doctor Who in the or was the Doctor in the Doctor Who? Uh, you know. Yeah, that was kind of a surprise for me. Yeah. And, I, and I was like squinting at him, and I was like, he looks so different. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so Sally, as a as a Halloween aficionado, how do you rate this one? Where do you put it? I mean, I so this isn't necessarily my favorite niche of horror, okay. but it's an undeniably great movie. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's very successful in what it does. It's still got, you know, probably if you were to like, you know, ask horror fans, like, what are the best twists in different horror movies? I think this one would be brought up pretty yeah. frequently. Um, yeah. So it has like a good reputation. I mean, Nicole Kidman is great in it. She's a great she cast is. for this movie. Um, so I've always liked it. I think all the acting is really strong in it. Yeah. The, the, yeah. The, the kids are both great. Like they both have a real like creepy energy, you know, and, and when you kind of figure out where we're going and, and what's happening, it all really comes together on the end. So yeah, this is one, it's not like an every year rewatch for me, but it's definitely, it's top tier for me as far as like Halloween movies. And even though I know where it goes and I know how it's ending, I picked up things watching it this time with that in mind. Like the very beginning, the first time you see Nicole Kidman. I don't know. I didn't quite put together like what was happening there. Um, but we'll talk about that once we, get, once we get to the ending of it. For me, this is just the perfect amount of mystery and suspense and ultimately horror. Um, because it just kind of keeps you on the edge of your seat. It keeps you guessing. It keeps you... You know, there were things that I'd forgotten about, and there's just such great imagery, like when she's hearing noises and she goes up in the room with all the covered furniture, and she starts pulling the sheets down, and the music's like ramping up, and you're getting those like, you know, like high key pianos. I just think it's a great, I think it's a great moment. So, um, top tier movie for me, Ali. All right, drum roll. What do you think? It was okay. Oh no! Oh no! This is our first lackluster response. Okay, <laughs> that's so it's true. Didn't... I feel like. Altogether, we've done pretty well. I know so far. we we have we have overall. That's okay. It had to happen at some point. So not high marks for you. I feel like I would have liked it better had the ending been different. 
Oh, I feel like the ending is what makes it. Well, I feel like the kind of reveal at the ending I thought was really interesting and cool. Yeah. I was just left unsettled by them being like, oh, we're all fine with what's happened. And now oh, we're just living in this house. I, I was see. like, mm, I, I don't see. know. I don't know if I can quite go there. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. Let's let's get into it then. So this is where the spoilers are going to begin to abound. Sally, could you walk us through the plot just quickly? So it's a mother and she's living with her two children post-World War II. The father is ambiguously, we think he's dead, question yeah. mark, or do we just he think sort he's of, away? Well, it's like he went off to war. The war is long yeah. over. He hasn't come back yet, but she hasn't right. got any word, I guess is what they're yeah. saying. So it's a little bit like ambiguous. And yeah. she... um. These children are light sensitive, so she keeps closing all the curtains and stuff. And three folks show up on her doorstep. It's a man, a woman, and a young girl. Well, she's probably like a teenager um, who is mute. And they're like kind of creepy. And they're like, we used to work here before. Can we work Mm -hmm, here again? And mm -hmm. she's like, sure. And so movie unfolds and things are going bump in the night. There's like curtains that are mysteriously left open with light coming in. Nicole Kidman's freaking out. The children start talking about this little child, Victor, that there's like, mm-hmm. is their friend? And you're like, oh, the house is haunted by this child named Victor. There's a lot of like, oh, like looking at Victorian death portraits and like uh-huh. the culture of like the Victorian era and how it's sort of still living in this like, which I always, side note, find really interesting in British mansion horror movies is because there is this strange like a lot of these places were built long before the victorian era but the victorian era has this distinct imprint on all of them Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of that so you're like okay so maybe it's being haunted by victorians and near the end of the movie the housekeeper like they start to think oh it's like this housekeeper and uh her groundskeeper husband and this mute child that is like haunting them or or Going to hurt them, or you don't know what's going on. Yeah, right. And so, and the children keep saying like the others are, you know, gonna take over or whatever. And she starts to panic, and the children keep talking about this old woman who is talking to them. And they run upstairs. Mm -hmm. There's this whole debacle, and she hears like crashing and things Mm -hmm. happening upstairs. And the housekeeper is like, "You have to go up because they've found them." And she's like, what? And so she goes up uh, and she walks into a seance that's happening. We don't exactly know when, but based on like period clothing and stuff, it looks like maybe the 50s or 60s. -hmm. And you realize in that moment that they are the others, that she has murdered her children and herself. And now like they are the ones haunting this house that these people are desperately trying to get them out of and so have hired this woman to like perform a seance for them yes how was that for us it was good it was good and it ends with sort of a game on ending where she's like this is our house and nobody's going to come in here so it's like they're now going to become malevolent ghosts like guarding this house which i think is a cool it's sort of like an another twist you know what i mean because it's not like a and now we shall transcend. It's like to the no, spirit world. No, yeah. we're we're uh, we're gonna hold this place, and it's gonna get ugly, uh, which I think is cool. I mean, it is. It's a very dark ending. So, Allie, I assume that your your issue with it here is the fact that she goes mad and kills her children, and then, as they're all sort of dead now, it's like, well, we're starting fresh. That yeah, that well that was a little bit of a okay. nope for me. Like when I realized that, like, oh, these people are having a séance and the characters that we've been following the whole time are ghosts. I was like, well, that's cool. Yeah. 
but then when she's like sitting with her children and she's like talking to him about yeah. talking to them about how she killed them and then she killed yeah. herself and the children are like yay the light doesn't hurt us anymore and they're like we're living here forever i was like mm, that's uh, uh, not a good vibe but i think it's supposed to be a, a dark like like a twisted ending. I don't think it's really meant to be a happily ever after. That's it. Well, I I agree, <laughs> but I still didn't care too for dark, it. Too dark, too dark and twisted for you. Okay, I actually like rewatching this. I kind of forgot that that's that what initiated it all, and that's what I mean about the start. So the starting shot, you see Nicole Kidman asleep, and then just like blood curdling scream comes out of her, and she's just like distraught, and then she kind of wakes up disoriented and sees the kids, and it goes on from there. I guess in the past when I watched it, I didn't realize that that was the moment of her death. Like we're seeing it in its entirety. Like this is the entirety of her afterlife. Like is is what the movie is. I I guess I just kind of missed that fact. It just seems like a creepy scene setting kind of scene. Yeah, Yeah. but when you kind of get to the end and you look back and you realize, oh, oh, then it suddenly makes sense. Like why she is acting the way that she is. Mm. There's a whole thing where with the with the light sensitivity of the kids, which I guess is true, like in real life, like when they were alive, that was a true thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. it adds an element of spookiness because it's always dark. It's always candlelight. She insists that everybody locks all the doors so that you can't accidentally open and let light in. So there's this whole thing where she'll be in other parts of the house and has to unlock 10 mm-hmm. doors to get to the kids. She's hearing screaming and she's trying to get there to other places. And I think that the, Al, you said if there was a turning of the screw connection. And I think that makes sense because her tension just ratchets and ratchets and ratchets and ratchets mm-hmm. as she, I don't know, is, is, is avoiding the truth, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that the darkness really added a lot of it like did. atmosphere and tension. Yeah. And I have to say the idea of like living in this constantly house, like constantly dark house that you can't really leave. Yeah. That like that is basically my worst night. Like <laughs> I need light to survive. Yeah. I'm pretty much a plant. You're describing the year 2020. Oh my so. gosh. But at least it was <laughs> constantly dark. That's true. There was there was There was like and like sit light. on the porch and just photosynthesize. But Sally, what are some things about it like coming coming from the genre, other movies that are, you know, in in maybe a similar vein? What do you think are some aspects of the others that elevates it that like you would you would point to a specific moment and be like this is what makes it great. I mean, I think it's clever in general. Um, I think it's interesting to watch it again after you know the twist to Me see too. how, you know, the clues kind of stack up. Because yeah. I think that is something that this film is really successful with. The other films don't really, I mean, we have we actually t- touched on like Bly Manor in How's Things the other day because I just rewatched that with my wife. And, you know, 30 minutes into the first episode, Sarah was like, oh, they're dead. (laughs) And I think that's the problem is like, if you're not, if you don't make it so subtle that people don't get it, then it's just sort of ruins it. Right. Right, right. Um, But I think like I, you know, rewatching it recently, I, there's a moment where she says, or the kids are like, they're, the others are going to take down the curtains. They keep saying they're taking down the curtains, which I just think is a really clever moment because to her that's terrifying because that means the death of her children right, or at least the right. suffering of her children which is like a very aggressive like horrifying thing like what monster would do that but then when you realize that they're the ghosts well they're just redecorating right yeah and so yeah, i think yeah. that kind of writing it seems easy but it's actually kind of a difficult balance to strike mm-hmm. and i think they do it really well I also think the trope, and it's sort of a red herring, but they also do the red herring well, 
with the three, like the housekeepers yeah. and the girl act as kind of these like angelic they're like angelic and demonic at the same time because they're sort of meant to be her you know to usher her into the afterlife because they're like sent to sort of like convince her that she's dead yeah which i think is like an interesting use of those characters and i think it's very well executed but it's also a movie that's not afraid to tell a story and i think a lot of horror gets rushed a little bit and this one doesn't feel rushed so Mm -hmm. it's kind of a treat in that way yeah the way the kids interact with victor who you know at at the resolution we realize victor's just a little kid who's living in a creepy haunted house you know (laughs) poor guy (laughs) for sure and so he's interacting particularly with the older daughter the scene where you first kind of she talks about victor and then the scene where she's talking to him while the little brother is looking away being like stop you're scaring me is really well done because you see just enough that it seems pretty clear that Victor is real, that Victor's there, but it's shot in such a way that it could just be the sister messing with the little brother. Like, because it doesn't show you too much. It shows you enough to kind of make you wonder, like, mm-hmm. what's real and what's true. And I thought that was really well done. Yeah, it plays well on those layers. Because, yeah. again, I think another film, like a slightly less good film, would have definitely had a ghost named victor or like that would have definitely been a thing Mm. but by adding like a layer of i think that victor's a ghost but like yeah Yeah. it could just be a sister messing with a brother it's like giving you these subtle layers of like confusion or truly when she finds like the victorian photo album of victorian death photos like she like that's i mean it's a red herring in some ways but it's also just a layer of like but why would like we don't know any there's no history that we know of in this house yeah. that would like have caused this yeah so it gives you these moments of unsettling that i think mm-hmm. are really effective i think the the role that the husband plays is is really it's an interesting little like it comes kind of right in the center of the movie and sort of resets things in a way and it breaks the, it breaks the tension that was building and gives you a new sort of like, ah, you know, and then them dealing with him leaving. Ultimately, he is just kind of a wandering ghost, right? Who sort of, I bet I can never can quite figure out if he knows what happened to the, to the wife and children. I don't think that he does because the daughter tells him off screen, you know? So I think he's kind of learning that. And so him sort of coming back into their life and then continuing to just kind of wander to me is cool because that feels like a very different kind of ghost story. You know, that he's just kind of perpetually out there stumbling through the fog. Like it basically in, in PTSD, he's like a PTSD ghost. Yeah. I, I think that's a cool layer to it. What are some things you liked about it, Allie? Is there, there specifics that you appreciated? I really liked Nicholas. I thought he was just cute he and was. funny the whole yeah. time. Like the sister, like there was a lot of points where she was kind of creepy and I was like, I don't know what's going yeah. on with her. But like, I mean, he was a little creepy just because of the like darkness and photosensitivity mm-hmm. well, and everything. Well, a lot of times the faces he had kind of a malevolent look to right. them, but it's just a face. But He's like, just, just in boy. general, he just seemed like wholesome and cute. And yeah. I was like, all right, I, I can get behind this. I also thought that the scene where uh, Grace is like leaving the house and then the servants are talking to each other and 
she's she like asks them about oh like where is this like little cemetery and he's like the guy the gardener's like oh i don't know you know and so then she's like all right we'll look for it and she goes and then the like housekeeper comes over and is talking with the gardener and she's like oh yeah speaking of you better hide those and he's like right and it just shows this pile of leaves with like the top of a gravestone hanging out and he's just like covering them with leaves i thought that was hilarious so good yeah that and then at the moment. end, when the housekeeper's like, I've about reached the end of my tether. Time to uncover the graves. And they just like dramatically uncover. I thought yeah. that was also great. Yeah. Absolutely great. <laughs> so, Ali, what did you think was happening? Like, did you have any inclination that they were ghosts? Or was the reveal a true reveal? The me? reveal was truly a reveal. Okay. I like most thought, for most of the movie, I was like, all right, these like three random people are being sus and trying to like manipulate them for some reason. Okay. Which I feel like is fairly borne out by like the conversations that the servants have amongst themselves. Yeah. Again, when she's like, oh yeah, cover up the gravestones with leaves, you mm-hmm, know, like mm-hmm. all will be revealed in time. And I'm like, clearly they're trying to like manipulate her. And then I was like, oh, okay, these three people are dead and they're being ghosts or like zombies or something, you know, like yeah, they're yeah, being yeah. difficult. And then I was like, oh wait, everyone's ghosts. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think the thing that that's so great about the writing is that, yeah, it's easy to think that the, that the, that they're, you know, the villains that they're, they're causing everything to happen. But the piano scene, I think kind of Mm -hmm. throws a wrench in there where it's like, well, maybe, maybe not because she's asleep. She hears the piano. She goes down, she looks in, it's nothing. She closes the piano, locks it, leaves, and it starts again. And then when she's like, when the door gets slammed against her and she falls back, like that whole scene and she goes back in and the piano is unlocked and uncovered again. And she's like, ah, you know, that I think is maybe the first indication that truly something supernatural is going on on some level, you know. And there's kind of a breadcrumb early on where the daughter says that Victor's father is a pianist. So you get a little bit of a, a hint about that. But I just feel like, you know, like the tension, I, I just think it's just right. And that's what I really appreciate about it. Because even even knowing the reveal this time, I still was kind of like anticipating turns and reveals and 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 just that continued like turning of the screw you know like it really i think it really works in that way parts of it i i enjoy okay all right excellent i feel like had the ending played out just a little differently it might have been like oh yeah this was great but i think i was just too thrown by like not even the idea of like her murdering the kids and then killing herself although i mean like yeah that's pretty that's pretty upsetting but like i think just the conversation where she's like just straight up telling the kids about how she murdered them i'm like mm, that just felt really weird to me in a way that i couldn't quite swallow well i yeah i mean yeah. i i totally get that i think that because the kids know i mean the daughter told the father and right. they never like acknowledged it i feel like that is sort of an important step of yeah. moving forward but again very dark i think i think in the historical context you know, her sort of slowly going mad while she's left alone in this big, giant, empty house, living in the dark constantly, like, on an island, and it just, like, breaks her. Like, I think that there's something true and interesting about that. And then, of course, the movie takes it to, you know, a very mm-hmm. dark extreme. But I I like that I think there is some basis for that, that they kind of layer in with how she feels about the husband, what it's like to live alone, like, the constant stress of her to you know, make sure the kids, like, light never touches them and everything. Like, you kind of see, they plant all the seeds of, of why she could be driven mad. So, yeah, I get it. Um, so what do you think, like, had she not been involved, had it just been, like, you know, 
tuberculosis or something like that. I think if all of them had just died, I would have enjoyed the ending more. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, like, I think the fact that she did it is very interesting, but I think I would have enjoyed it more had that not been the case. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. I can accept that. All right. So before we get to our our own twist in this episode for what we're going to be covering next, Sally, does anything come to mind that you might suggest to Allie that, that might work a little better for her in the spooky zone than this one did? You know, it's a good question because Thank so you. usually if people generally like this movie, the one that I suggest is The Orphanage, but uh, Allie would hate it based on her okay. review of this movie. Gotcha, um, gotcha. I feel like maybe something like Secret Window might be oh, a vibe you would like, enjoy. Like Johnny um, Depp, Stephen King thing. Yeah, like Johnny Depp, Secret Window, mm. I don't know, mid-2000s. Yeah. I feel like it has some of the suspense and a good twist, but less of the child murder. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So, and obviously it's not super gory. So, like, that's an integral to this. Um, yeah. That's a good pull, but... Sally. I would, not, I would not have gone to that one. But I mean, I can, I can tolerate that one. That's not too much for me. Uh, and yeah, and it's, it's right. not crazy. Yeah. Okay. Secret yeah. window. Secret I'll window. have to keep this in mind. Based on a Stephen King short story starring Johnny Depp. I yeah. do enjoy. Yeah spooky reading sometimes i feel like i can i can handle that a little more okay all right so you might like the haunting too honestly like the uh, the earlier movie not the oh not the gosh. 90s remake but oh like the 1950s <laughs> yeah i want to say like 58 maybe it's 60s but yeah you might like that one because it's it's eerie um and it's interesting it was probably the movie that made me fall in love with horror uh yeah but yeah, anyway. Yeah, that's that's not bad either. Yeah, so Secret Window and the original Haunting. No one, and I don't say this lightly, no one should ever watch the Catherine Zeta-Jones, Owen Wilson one. <laughs> I not, agree. <laughs> it should not be seen by human eyes. Uh, yeah, I've definitely heard universally <laughs> bad things about that. Yeah. Well, when Sally, and I did, when Sally and I did this episode, I'd seen the original a long time ago, and I was like, oh, how bad can it be? And then I was like, oh, that bad. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. See, that just piques my curiosity, though, I have to say. Well, maybe you should do it. I wish there was like a Mystery Science Theater or Rift Tracks version of it, because that would be maybe worth it for that, because it is uh, just a catastrophically terrible movie. Yeah. Just no redeeming value. All right. Anyway. (laughs) Well, Sally and I already talked about Halloween over in House Things, so if you're listening in the House Things feed, you just pop right back. If you're listening in But Have You Tried, you can go find this at club.com slash all the books. Or anywhere you get your podcast, and you can listen to not just Halloween Now 9, but the all the Halloween episodes preceding it from across the All the Book Show and House Things. This is but stop two of Sally's Halloween podcasting. Uh, Sally, where else are you going to be this holiday season? Gosh. Okay. So <laughs> I will be on previously on X Men okay. with Hillary Gunning. Yes. Um, I will be on 9021 Here We Go. And I will be on This Endorian Life. That's right. So you're doing some X-Men, you're doing some Star Wars, and you're doing a cheesy 90210-inspired horror film. So Yes. Which I'm kind of stoked about. I mean, it's cheesy, but it's definitely yeah. in my lane. So Okay. <laughs> okay. Perfect. Okay. Well, Sally, uh, thanks for joining us here. We'll look forward to following you on all the other shows. Thank you so much for having me. Happy Halloween. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, well, Ali, that just leaves us uh, our next topic. So I think it's your turn. But wait, I'm getting a I'm getting a transmission here, Ali. You know, I was recently on the ND Vision podcast with Nick Davis. I did know that actually. Uh, and he's he sent a little message here. Take a listen. Hi, Nick and Ali. This is Nick Davis from the ND Vision podcast. I know that you just finished watching the others, but have you tried Dragon Ball Z? For your homework, I'd love you to watch Dragon Ball Super Broly. It's one of the latest movies, film adaptions that was created, and it's, of course, one of my favorites, even though it's so new. It uh, came out in 2018. So please watch that movie. Uh, If you like it and want to watch more, I'm happy to give you other suggestions in preparation for our episode. Is he allowed to do that? Can Can he just break in and assign us something? I mean... I don't know if the like rules were ever really I'll established. I have to check the bylaws. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. You like sign a contract? Uh, I don't think. <laughs> no, I don't remember. No, that. I don't. Did I think? I think we've officially been uh, we've been taken over by the ND Vision podcast. Um, uh, the answer is no. I've never nothing Dragon Ball Z. Nothing Dragon Ball Z. Either. Nothing like. Nothing. I know it exists. You know what? I, I Nick's not gonna like this, but uh, the only my only experience with anything Dragon Ball is I watched the movie Dragon Ball Evolution which is pretty universally hated by all Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z fans. Mm. So, and, and I watched it with my wife, who kind of liked Dragon Ball Z. And I was like, yeah, that movie was decent. And she was like, no, it was not. It was, it was bad. <laughs> so that's my only experience with it. So I know that we have that in the collection here on, uh, on DVD. So we the, can one that, the one that we yeah, shouldn't watch? No, no, no. I, actually, the one I that we, we should watch? I think we do have Dragon Ball. But see, no. now I'm tempted to watch the one we shouldn't watch. Maybe you should. We'll see. Well, we'll see maybe happens. you should because I, I have seen it. So we could we, we could, could talk come about with that. the same yeah, the same twisted entrance. I feel like I probably um I mean well definitely watch the movie that just absolutely I think I'll probably try some of the manga as well. I think I probably will just to too. get a sampling of we it. We have it, so I mean we yeah, we gotta we, might as we well. gotta We're we right gotta here. use it. We just have to go downstairs. Okay. Well, uh, in two weeks we'll be back to talk about all the things we're reading and watching and all that. And then after that, uh, Nick Davis is going to be here from the ND Vision podcast, and we're going to talk about Dragon Ball Z, which uh, is another first. This is this is a twist for us because absolutely neither one of us tried this. I know. So it'll be fun. I guess so. I guess we'll see. All right. Well, we'll see everybody next time. Happy Halloween. I just finished watching the others. Am what? I tied? What? No. Eric? Just finished watching it. Yeah, it's me, it... Eric. No, no. We just, Allie and Sally are gone. No, I watched it really fast with subtitles. I basically what? read it. Oh, wow. <laughs> like four yeah. times speed, just going through. Just Nicole yeah. Kidman just running through the house and locking Wait, doors. Nicole Kidman? Oh, yeah. You watched the Nicole Kidman version, right? No, I watched the one with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis. She switches bodies with her daughter. That's no. Oh, that's Freaky Friday. That's Freaky Friday. It's a good movie. Oh, I thought it was the others. No, <laughs> no. Shoot. No, it's a really different energy. I mean, it's still kind of like uh, mom and kid stuff happening. So I guess in, in that regard, D- did you like it? How was Freaky Friday? It's fine. Okay. Well, oh, this is a bummer. Thanks for trying. All right. Okay. So I'm going to go watch Freaky Friday too. Okay. <laughs> I guess somebody has to. Might as well be you. All right. Bye. See you next year.